0: To the Professional Pricing Society's podcast. I am Lisa Fisher, Senior Director with the Professional Pricing Society. Today, we will feature Lydia DiLiello, CEO and founder of Capital Pricing Consultants, LLC, and Chris Provines, CEO of Value Vantage Partners. Thank you both for joining us.
1: Thank you, Thanks, Lydia. Lisa. Lisa.
0: Today's topic of discussion is negotiation skills for sales and pricers. Lydia, thanks again for joining us and we'll go ahead and get started with you. Why, in your opinion, is negotiation, whether in sales or pricing, so challenging?
2: Well, you know, Lisa, it's not a skill set that's natural to any of us. Um, Negotiation very much is, is like acting. There are certain prescribed rules, certain ways that information is delivered, uh, a lot of different body cues in the process. And so it's not something that any of us is just naturally geared to receive. We need to be taught what it looks like and and how um, a professional procurement person is going to challenge us to negotiate. And so I think with training, anyone can learn how to do it, but it's just not something that's innate for any of us
0: sure makes
2: sense do
0: you think the skills lydia the negotiation skills are difficult to learn
2: i really don't lisa again it's very much like taking an acting class where you learn why someone says something in a specific way and so really no matter what your skill set is coming in it's very easy to learn chris and i will give very specific examples so that the the attendees can easily figure out how to um utilize it in, in their daily work and, and in their own negotiations, whether personal or professional.
0: Excellent. So what is the worst mistake a person can make
2: when negotiating? Well, in my experience as a, a professional procurement person, I think that the worst thing someone can do is to threaten a procurement professional. You know, uh, uh, verbiage like I'm going to move all of my business, I'm, I'm never going to supply you again, um, I'm going to stop shipment next week. Those kinds of verbal cues are very aggressive. And when you threaten a buyer, it makes it their life's goal to get rid of you as a supplier. And so I always caution against issuing any kind of of verbal threats or or aggressive language with buyers um it, you're always going to lose as the recipient of that
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris, is there anything you'd like to add to that last question?
1: Yeah, I think uh Lydia hit it well lisa um the The only thing i'd add to that is uh, at the end of the day, most professional buyers are taught that um You get more value from a supplier by having a actual relationship in their terms that would be supplier relationship and programs and process in place to manage relationships with suppliers and build deeper relationships with fewer suppliers. So um, that's where where they're going. So part of what I think you have to do as a either sales or pricing person is kind of separate the old world of buying that might've existed uh, 10 or 20 years ago with what I call a 21st century buyers who are much more savvy, much more sophisticated. Uh, they get it that relationships are important. And if a um, supplier ever uh, you know, confronted them in a confrontational way, I think that would be uh, a big mistake. They should actually try to do the opposite, mm-hmm. which is to play the relationship card and talk to them about how important is the relationship and what kind of relationship do they actually want to have.
0: Excellent. So, Chris, now I'm going to put you on the hot seat. What? Um, let's get some of your additional insights on negotiation tactics. How do supplier negotiations fit into the buyer's playbook?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, Lisa. If you, if you step back, and I think this is one of the biggest uh, areas of opportunity for any pricing person or salesperson, is to really better understand how the customer actually buys things. That may sound silly, but I've, I've done training with over 8,000 salespeople now. And I can tell you that the percentage of salespeople that actually know what the process is their customers using to buy or source something is very, very small. So negotiations is one of the tools in the playbook that buyers use to try to get better value from suppliers, but it starts very, very early in the buying process. So, uh, you know, you have to understand where are they in the buying process and what is their buying process, which in my experience, many, many people, whether in sales or pricing, really don't fully understand that. And I think it's getting behind the why of what they're doing is so important. So not the how that they do, their tactics and they're negotiating and they're being difficult or whatever it may be, uh, you know to star RFPs or requests for proposals with you know uh, ridiculous deadlines, you have to sit back and say okay that 's what they're doing, but why exactly are they doing that And it could be, and this does happen they're doing that because they have very little leverage over you, and they know that, but they recognize that you don't know that, so they're trying to put pressure you on on you in that way. So just realize that the the more sophisticated ones understand. Uh, where the salespeople are coming from. They understand how they're paid often, what their compensation structures are. So they're trying to use multiple tools, not just the negotiation event itself, but everything that leads up to a negotiation during and following a negotiation to try to create leverage with suppliers to get better value.
0: Excellent. Now we talked or you mentioned a little bit ago, Chris, about relationships. This leads into the next question. Why does procurement talk about the importance of supplier relationships, but then play all of these negotiation games?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's uh, that's a, it's a question that's best answered by uh, I did a presentation to a group of procurement people and I asked them this exact question. So I'll tell you what they told me. And it was because it works. And it was really that simple. <laughs> but it, Yes, building relationships is hard. In order to build relationships, I have to figure out who do I want a relationship with. And what that usually means is I typically, in most cases, uh, people, unless they've gone through this exercise, companies have way too many suppliers for everything that they're buying. So they have to go through a process of rationalizing or reducing a number of suppliers and building deeper relationships. Now, as I say that, you're probably sitting there saying, "My God, that takes a lot of work. That's mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years to do that." So, they're very pragmatic. They'll look at kind of the uh, the cost benefit and say, "You know, I do need to reduce suppliers. I do need better relationships." But, you know, maybe in this instance, I don't have the time to get there. Maybe I have a very difficult savings goal I have to hit, or I've got other pressure on me to do things, and it's just a lot easier to play some games and get get value out of a supplier. When I say value, it might be a better price. It could be better terms or whatever, or some combination, ideally of those two. But in the words of professional buyers, and I asked a group of 150 of them, Mm -hmm. uh, why do you do this? And person front said it works. And I said, do you guys all agree? And they all raised their hands, 150 (laughs) people who do this for a living agreed with this. And I I know Lydia did this for a living too. Lydia, how do you think about that?
2: Absolutely true, Chris. It's all about whatever tool you have in your tool cabinet that works for you and pressure is, is certainly the best way uh, with procurement to, to get a result. So, absolutely. Interesting. So,
0: Chris, um, what are, and Lydia, please chime in um, after Chris answers, a couple of words of advice that you'd give to salespeople who have to negotiate with procurement.
1: Yeah, a couple would be hard. I'll give you kind of my top three or four that I I always tell salespeople. The number one thing I think they should do is get very clear on exactly what their customer's buying process is and where the customer is in the buying process. So for most organizations, there's a six or five or seven step buying process that they go through or sourcing process. And unless you're involved early in that process, you've missed a huge opportunity. And particularly if you're involved later in the process, you're actually could be wasting your time. So there's a there's a lot of value to a understanding the process. B I think understanding your own value and the value that you deliver as a supplier is really crucial. Mm-hmm. And this gives you leverage. What's always happening in a negotiation is the buyers looking for ways to create more leverage, right? And they have a bunch of tactics to do that, a bunch of sourcing strategies. One of the ways a supplier can create leverage is get really clear on exactly what their offering is and what's the value of that relative to the, the buyer's other alternatives. Some people might call that a BATNA. It's your the best alternative to a negotiated agreement. So if the customer's unwilling to come to an agreement with you, what's their alternative? And for me, it's really starting with the basis of what is your value. So that would be number two. If you're not clear on your value, it's really hard for you to push back and create leverage in a negotiation. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the value of the core offering. It's everything you bring. So it's it's actually surprising when you sometimes get into situations, and I've done this with clients, where you realize that the value is not terribly different for their core product that they might be selling or core, core service that they're offering to customers. But it may be the services that they have that wrap around that, or it could be something very unique or different they have around some kind of digital connectivity as an example, or something like that, where the value really resides. So that's that's the uh, two. So first understand the buying process, second, understand your value. And I, I guess the the third one, uh you could you could chalk this up to a number of things, but I would I would say what they should do is have confidence and be able to ask very simple questions. And and the number one simple question I like to use or coach people to use is ask the buyer what kind of relationship they wanna have with you. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is again, their buyers are schooled on developing deeper relationships with suppliers and that's how you create value. It's not by raking suppliers over the coals. It's not by torturing them, right? To try to get another nickel out of them. Mm It's by building deeper relationships. And if you can step back and ask the customer, in this case, the procurement person, what kind of relationship do you want to have with us? Are we an important supplier to you? What kind of relationship do you want to have? And be honest with them. Say, if you want a transactional relationship, we're more than honest. We're more than uh, welcome to have a transactional relationship with you. And that's that's up to you, but you're not going to get certain things in that kind of relationship. Or do you want more of a partnership or a collaborative relationship so mm-hmm. those would be my top three
2: so lydia what are your top three words of advice so i absolutely concur with chris on the three that he's already mentioned the others i guess that i would add are more specific to to how the salespeople prepare for their negotiations with their customers so the first is do be prepared in other words don't just walk into a negotiation um, empty-handed or unprepared always strive to be more prepared than the person that they are sitting in front of and talking to that's going to show up as professionalism it's also going to allow them to call the buyer out if that buyer is misrepresenting information or testing to see how much that salesperson or pricing professional really knows Um, Mm -hmm. so preparation is the first key And the second is, I would say, make sure that that they are spending time to brush up on their negotiation skills because this isn't natural for us. Even people that have done this for many, many years will do some role play and some practicing before they simply walk into a a very large or a key customer of theirs, knowing they're going into significant negotiations. So you want to walk through and practice really what To Chris's point, what do you want out of this? What do you expect to gain? And what does that look like for both sides? What do you either want to gain or keep as the supplier? What do you expect the buyer is going to want to gain or keep um, as the the purchaser? Um, And if you role play that out a little bit, you can often find places where you can easily get tripped up. And so when the buyer actually does this live and in person, you're not surprised. You've heard this before, or you've at least thought through it. And then the last thing I would say is above all be professional and don't get goaded into being emotional. That's certainly one of the techniques that that procurement uses. The person that becomes the most emotional in any negotiation is absolutely going to be the loser. And so you want to always be very focused, to avoid language that is more emotional or more incendiary because that just heightens the the conversation and generally does not ever play in your beh- in your behalf. Chris, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think planning is, um, if I had to add a fourth or a fourth, we might be a tie with my third item was planning is really key there. And there's lots of studies show that you know, the, uh, your ability to plan a negotiation, be well-prepared is one of your keys to success. So even if you don't have all the techniques down and you don't fully understand the buying process, by going through and preparing yourself, you're going to be so much better. There is research that shows that um, on the buyer side, I forget the exact statistic, but roughly 60% of the time they are winging it in a negotiation. So You've got an opportunity to be much better prepared than they are uh, on the other side, which will give you a definite leg up.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, we have um, covered a lot of ground in 15 minutes, but I'm still I'm sure that there's still so much that we could talk about. Um, thank you, Lydia and Chris, for sharing with our listeners. Um, your insights were um, definitely helpful to our listeners, and I'm sure those that want to learn more and get to know more can join us at our PPS 29th Annual Fall Pricing Conference and Workshops in Dallas, Texas, October 22nd, I'm sorry, October 23rd through the 26th, where Lydia and Chris will definitely dig, dig deeper into this topic with a full day CPP accredited workshop. Visit our website at pricingsociety.com to learn more information and information about the Professional Pricing Society's additional offerings. Get social with us on our blog and subscribe to thepricingauthority.com and follow us on Twitter at Pricing Society. Be sure to connect with PPS on the largest pricing LinkedIn group with over 14,000 members to get questions answered, to have some dialogue and discussion, or maybe even to share some other negotiation skills that have worked um, in, in your area. Stay tuned for additional pricing podcasts with other industry experts who join us to share their pricing best practices. Again, Lydia and Chris, thank you so much, and we will see you in four short weeks in Dallas. Thank you, Lisa. We look forward to it. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, guys.